Welcome to Great Points, financial insights for improving your relationship with money. I'm Matt Schroeder, Certified Financial Planner and Director of Financial Planning at Great Point Wealth Advisors, a fee-only registered investment advisory firm with offices in Boston and Danvers, Massachusetts. Hello again. Uh, today's episode, we're going to talk a little about vacation homes. You know, I get the question from clients, uh, you know, from time to time, you know, should we buy a second home or can we afford to buy a second home? And, you know, typically you can probably picture this scenario. You just spent a week down on the Cape or up at a lake house in Maine or New Hampshire and everyone just has the best time. And, you know, as you're eating out and driving around and doing different things, you see a lot of for sale signs. And, you know, the discussion usually is, you know, wouldn't it be great to have a place here year round or, wouldn't it be great to have our own place uh, that we could, you know, kind of uh, use whenever we wanted to? So you come home and you, you get back to living your normal life and, you know, then you might start to have that follow-up discussion, say, hey, remember that, that place we saw? I'm going to, I was online, I saw a few other things. What do you think? You know, should we do it? Um, and like I said, and that's usually when I get the call. And, you know, I'm going to share with you some of the dialogue that I have with clients during that time frame and trying to help them make the the best decision for them you know and you have to remember as a as an advisor i'm not going to get to use the home and uh you know financially if they can afford it it's really uh their prerogative of whether or not they decide to move forward or not but my job is to offer advice and kind of a sounding board from you know from my experiences and working with clients over the last 20 years and trying to guide them or help them make a decision they're not going to regret uh you know down the road um so let's talk about the the conversation that we have you know, the first really is about, you know, usage. And we kind of talk through, you know, you had a great time down there in the Cape. Uh, you know, typically they go down there for one week of the year and that's it. Um, so if you know, the question is, well, how do you plan to use it? Um, you know, are you going to make it a family only place? Which basically means, you know, you can take your week's vacation, maybe a second week if you decided or long weekends, you know, let, you know, maybe let relatives use it if, if, uh, if you like them enough. And, you know, what we start to do is once, if they say, you know, that's it, that's, that's the way I, I see us. I see us going down there more often. You know, we kind of talk about what that would look like, you know, and, you know, as life changes, you know, if you've got two young kids that are not really involved in a lot of sports, it might be easier to get down there on weekends. But once kids get into travel teams and high school activities and eventually to college, um, you know, sometimes it gets a little more challenging to kind of get away as often as you thought. Um, you know, the other, and then, you know, when you start thinking about how often or how much you might use it, then we start to compare uh, the cost of owning the property and all the costs that come with it versus, you know, renting a couple extra weeks of the year or, you know, doing some long weekends or, you know, looking at Airbnb options that might get them there more frequently. Um, you know, it doesn't give them that home that's theirs that they get to kind of store their own stuff and, you know, kind of put up some roots, but, you know, gets them down to that, that, ideal vacation spot more frequently. And then the other part of, you know, having your own place is, you know, it's great to kind of put down some roots and have a place you're comfortable with, but it also commits you to being there versus, you know, changing location. So, you know, some clients know they want to be the same town over and over and over again, and maybe that's where they grew up going and, you know, they know the place in and out. But for others, they, you know, one year they might want to do the Cape, one year they might want to do Maine, one year they might want to do Florida. And, you know, once you buy a place in the second location, it gets a little bit more uh, challenging to justify, you know, traveling some to a third place when you already own two places. The second type of usage I'll hear people say they plan to do is they're going to use it, but also rent it. 
So, you know, they envision themselves being there for their week or two, but then having to rent, having it rented out, you know, other parts of the year to cover the costs. And once again, we go through that uh, exercise of, okay, well, if you're going to rent it, what's the rental market like? And what type of rental income would you expect to receive compared to the cost of owning the property? And if the place isn't nearby, well, when you have turnover of guests, how are you going to deal with the cleaning? And how are you going to deal with the maintenance? And you know, what if something breaks or something, um, you know, while that individual is renting for that week, something goes wrong, how are you going to deal with that? Um, you also have the risk of renters care less about the property than you do. So they may maybe not treat things as, as gently as you'd like them to be. So things may get broken. You might have some re replacement expenses and you know other things that could go wrong. The other part of renting is, you know, usually the rental weeks that's, you know, get the most money are the peak weeks, you know, school vacations, uh, holidays and things along those lines. And those are typically when most clients want to use the property the most. So if you are there, then you can't rent it. And if you're only renting off peak weeks, it may be harder to find renters and or you can't ask the same price point that you had adjusted into your, uh, your, your economics. So once again, you really have to understand the, you know, the, not just the, the, you know, the dollars and cents behind rentals, but also you're a landlord and that might not fit your personality or you know, be something that you really want to get involved in just so you can maybe have a, a, a less expensive vacation each year. The final type of usage people will tell me they're planning to do is they're going to rent it full time, so they're really not going to use it. Uh, and then when they retire or, or when or you know when they're willing to change paces, they're then going to take it over as their full time home. And you know that's not necessarily a bad strategy if you know exactly where you want to be ten or fifteen years from now in your retirement, and you you know that community, and you're definitely going to want to be there. You know that's it might be a good idea to kind of buy with today's dollars as opposed to inflated costs down the, the road. Um, but I also see a lot of clients change their minds. So you know they might think they want to be on the east coast of Florida, and then you know as they get a little older, they want to be on the west coast. Uh, so now they own a, a rental property on the east coast, and you know they've got to sell it and move over to the west coast. Um, you also have to deal with the fact that if you have a place rented for five, ten, fifteen years, is your dream to retire into a fifteen-year-old used property or when you get there are you thinking that you know what I'm gonna probably want something new anyway um, you know we've worked hard that place has you know been beaten up and needs a lot of work and we don't want to kind of go through the the challenge to put that work into it so we're gonna sell it and you know buy a, a new place anyway you know up to this point you may think I'm not a big fan of having a second home and it's not that I'm not a fan of it I just realize all the potential financial pitfalls that can come with a second home and I want to make sure clients are fully aware of all the things they're getting into so that, you know, when those expenses do crop up and, you know, things go wrong, you know, it's kind of, uh, it wasn't their first exposure to it. So they are ready for it financially, emotionally, and they really are going to, you know, not regret the decisions they make. And then, you know, once we kind of have the usage discussion and we go back to those three questions that I've asked in previous episodes around spending, um, and, you know, they are, the first one is, can you afford it? So if you're thinking about a second home, you kind of look at the price and, you know, maybe it's a $200,000 home and, you know, and it's a little less expensive because it's in a different part of the country. Um, and, you know, you run the numbers and say, okay, well, our principal and interest would be, you know, $1,100 a month and work's going great. You know, we can, we can afford that. You know, we can scrape together the down payment and the month-to-month -month stuff. We can make work. Um, but then you also have to factor in real estate taxes, property insurance, you know, if there's an association, there may be a monthly fee. Um, you have to pay for utilities. You might want to have cable or internet. 
um, things do break and things will need to be repaired and up upkept. So, you know, if you think about down the road, 10 years out, you might have a college bill due along with a renovation or a repair that needs to be done to your vacation home, a new car and some work that needs to be done on your own house. You know, those, those are things that could crop up. So you want to make sure that if, you know, if you can afford it, you've done the math to say, okay, can we afford the month to month, but also in case there's a larger expense that may come down the road, whether it be one year, 10 years, it's not going to create a lot of financial stress or force us to have to sell the, the property. Another component of the affordability is the resale market of that property. You know, so when you think about uh, where you're buying right now, you might be buying at the peak of the market. So if you look back in the last 10 years and properties in that area have never sold for this high, you know, if two years down the road you were struggling to afford it and you had to sell it, you know, do you expect that you'll get all your money back or might make $10,000 or you might lose 50000 if the market turns the other way. So you know, understanding the, the real estate market today as well as maybe the last five years of history to get a sense of, you know, if things weren't going the way you thought, you know, what would it cost for you to get out besides, you know, some of the, the general transactional costs that are involved. Second question is always, you know, how important is it to you? So when you rank this against other things, you know, buying a vacation home versus having a boat or being able to join a club or, you know, things that are going to, you know, might be coming down the road with college educations or paying your mortgage off early if that was a goal of yours. So you kind of ranked this as an importance level and, you know, the experience that you want to have for you and for your family, you know, versus other trade-offs that you might have to make down the road. And just to make sure, like I said, that uh, usually there's not enough resources to do everything. So you, know, you kind of have to make those decisions and just make sure they align with what's important to you. And then the final question is, is this the right time? You know, if you are, you know, you've grown up on the lake uh, all your life and there's a, a lot that pops up that you know they don't come on the market very often, you don't get a second chance at those types of opportunities. So you have to be willing to jump in and maybe pay a little bit more than you wanted to, but, you know, you know those, those lots don't turn over very often. Versus, you know, the individual who might be thinking, look, everyone's moving out of the city and buying these places. We got to get one too. You know what? You know, things come in cycles. So it's likely that markets will soften a little bit and, you know, those second home markets will, you know, maybe be a little bit more affordable down the road. Um, I can't guarantee that, but, you know, typically that's what ends up happening as, you know, things kind of start to calm down and, you know, economic cycles change. There's going to be, you know, probably some softening at some point. So you want to ask yourself, you know, if I do I need it today or if I maybe wait a couple of years, might I get a better deal? Um, you know, I can rent for a few more years. Um, but if you want to make it a family place and the kids are getting older, you, you start to run out of time. So I understand the challenges between, you know, the economics as well as the, the family dynamics. And you just want to make sure you're making the best decision for you. So if you are uh, really considering a second home, like I said, you know, look at all the costs that are involved. You know, look at your cash flow today and, you know, five years down the road, you know, if you expect to, you know, continue to get pay raises and bonuses versus, you know, maybe stepping out of the workforce and into retirement to make sure you truly can afford it. Um, and then you just be honest with how you're going to use it and, you know, what other things you want to do from a travel and entertainment standpoint and come up with the best decision. You know, like I said, there's, you've heard me say this before, there's not a right decision for everybody or a right move for everybody, but there is a right decision for you and your family. Now, I hope you can apply some of what you heard today to improve your relationship with money. And thanks again for listening. Until next time, on Great Points with Matt Schroeder.
Great Points is hosted by Matt Schroeder. Great Point Wealth Advisors is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws and regulations. Great Point Wealth Advisors does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through Great Points. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.